Say hi, Daddy. I love you. I love you. I love you too. Say good night, Daddy. I love you. Good night. I love you. I love you more. Say no. I love you more. No, no. I love you more. I love you more. Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Yes, hello, this is Doug. And I'm Jamie, and we're... Literally sitting in our bed. Yeah. With microphones in our hands. Podcasting. I mean, we've podcasted in a basement, at the dining room table. Now, this is the first time in our bed. Yeah, I can't wait to take this on the road so we can do it in a hotel bathroom, (laughs) in a motel... Just FYI, we are fully clothed and the bed is made. We're sitting on top of the bed. So yeah, Jamie hasn't been horny in a while. Douglas, you don't say that word. Jamie um, hasn't been in the mood in a while. That's a little bit better. So real fast, we have an amazing guest on today. Doug actually took this interview himself because I don't want to like scare myself or anyone, but I have been so tired and I've been having a lot of Brex and Hicks lately. And I just was like, I need to go to bed. And so the interview was scheduled for 9 p.m. And I was like, I just can't stay up till 11 o'clock at night tonight. So Doug did the interview himself and then told me all about it and oh my gosh I can't wait myself to hear it so we have on Tara and she's basically a mama that's right Tara LaRock yeah and she's a mama who suffered severe post-traumatic uh post-traumatic I meant to say postpartum blues it's pretty much the same thing but post-traumatic stress disorder after yeah. having a baby she same went to thing. war yeah it's all <laughs> I mean, if you've ever delivered a baby in any way, whether it's C-section or vaginal, it's basically post-traumatic stress disorder. (laughs) Well, you know, the story is really interesting because she does have a psychology background and she's been treating mental health. And what came out through the interview was someone that was conflicted because they were feeling some mental anguish and anxiety when she was treating other people that have mental anxiety and and behavioral problems. So postpartum depression is something that I guess can hit anybody at any anytime with any baby. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't always happen right after you have a baby. Sometimes it happens a few months later. And yeah, and sometimes what happened with Tara is that she genuinely had thoughts of hurting herself and her baby. And she kind of discusses that and how she copes with it. And she gives lots of great tips and advice. So anyways, even if you're not a mom, it's a really great interview just to hear her story. I learned a lot as a husband and a guy. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy to hear that. So today we want to just give a real quick shout out to our five star reviewer. We love you guys. You know that. Yes. This one is from Reedster4 who writes, recently found Maff's last season. I went back to watch your season after I heard of Jamie's reaction at the wedding. I knew you guys were still together, but I enjoyed watching your journey and how you embrace the process. Yours is the first podcast I started listening to and can't get enough of you guys. I'm an RN too and live in South Jersey. I do get sad hearing that you might leave Jersey, although I understand why you'd want to. Happy (laughs) anniversary and may you have many more. My husband and I were high school sweethearts and have been married 38 years. You guys rock. Enjoy listening to your podcasts with a smiley face emoji. Aw, thank you, fellow nurse, also fellow Jersey folk and 38 years married yeah god bless you wow she put up with her husband for 38 years doug yeah we would be probably 90 after 38 years yeah because we got married a little later no that's not true it would be like 70 but anyways uh (laughs) i can't believe you just took me serious yeah i really stink at math (laughs) and now the whole world knows (laughs) and don't forget we love reading your five-star reviews through itunes you can also download the himalaya app where you can get hot marriage cool parents and you can actually get a lot of other cool podcasts and organize them and you could comment on each and every episode that comes out but if you haven't checked out himalaya download it it's free and get hot marriage cool parents there Yeah. So this week is actually HPV awareness. It's not a week. It's actually just today. (laughs) Big celebration. That's my HPV horn. (laughs) If you have the sexually transmitted infection HPV. There's your horn. Today's your day. (laughs) Everybody celebrate by shouting out of your cars and (laughs) in the gym. HPV awareness. Yay. No, but honestly, I think it's so important to talk about it because I don't know if you follow me on Instagram or not, but I've obviously been very open about the fact that I first heard that I have HPV after I had Gracie and or while I was pregnant with her rather. And now I probably have it. Oh, you probably gave it to me, homeboy. Yeah. (laughs) I hear there's a lot of people that are carriers. 
Yeah. So this is the thing about HPV and why there needs to be an HPV awareness day because no one ever talks about it. You think that if someone has it, you're like, oh, they have the cooties or, oh, they must be really promiscuous and a hoochie mama or, oh, like gross genital warts. Let me just set the record straight. Wait, that's genital warts? Yes, it's a virus. So it's kind of similar to like herpes, but not entirely the same, obviously. All right. But first things first is 80% of the population, both men and women, contract HPV. And I'm not going to get all nurse on you, but I do think that it's important to share just kind of the truths versus the myths on this. Because if you are a human being and you have had contact with another human being. Or if you're in a room with 10 people, eight of you have HPV. Yeah. So, I mean, the odds are that you either are going to contract it at some point in your life. Think about that in your next business meeting. Yeah. So the odds are you're going to either contract it at some point in your own life or you're going to know someone who is for sure. And so I think instead of being so embarrassed, which I got to be honest, when I found out I had it with Gracie, it's not like I told anybody. I was like, oh my God, like, what is this? I have an STD? What? And you promiscuous person. Yeah. I'm like, I swear I've only been with my husband for the last six years. I swear. (laughs) I'm like, God, he probably gave it to me. Who's he been with? No, I'm just kidding. It's just something that really should be talked about to kind of break that stigma because it's not just promiscuous people. It's not just people who have multiple sexual partners. You can honestly contract HPV just from skin to skin contact from, I don't want to say oral sex, but like that's the truth. You don't even have to have actual sexual intercourse. It could just be from oral sex. It can be skin to skin. Just know it's not as bad as the coronavirus. (laughs) Well, that's the thing though, is that it can be fatal though. So if you're a woman, just go get your pap smears because if you catch it early, they can just scrape that ish right out. (laughs) And control it? Does it go away? So basically what happens is obviously it's a virus and I have it right now. And typically what they would do is they would do a colposcopy and they would pull out, they kind of like scrape out additional cells to make sure that yes, indeed, this is precancerous or alarming tissue in general. And then if that was the case, you would do a leap procedure where they kind of just like cut out the bad cells to prevent any sort of cancer from forming. But because I'm pregnant, they can't do that. So I have to wait until after I have this baby and then go get a colposcopy again to kind of see what's going on with HPV. Can't they do it while the baby's coming out or after the baby comes out? No, Doug. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't need any more scraping going on in there. I mean, it's going to be open. You would think you would get a discount. Oh my gosh, Douglas, you're disgusting. (laughs) So another thing about... HPV that I think that we should really like kind of clarify and just get to the point is that if you're a man don't think that you can't get it because you are carriers and honestly you have to be careful as well because HPV causes all sorts of different cancers so not just cervical cancer or any sort of vaginal cancer in a woman but it also causes a man to have like penile cancer or oral cancer or anal cancer I mean it can lead to lots of different things so you do want to be checked and the same thing for a woman if you're not getting your pap smears and I've got to raise my hand and be like I'm the worst I'm right there with with you. I never got my yearly pap smears, which is not good for me in the situation that I'm in because I'm like, well, great. So how long have I had this HPV hanging out in me? But I didn't get my yearly pap smears because I'm like, I'm healthy. Of course I'm healthy. There's no signs or symptoms. Well, newsflash, HPV doesn't necessarily have any signs or symptoms and it can just kind of like hang out inside you and be growing and lead to something like cancer. And no joke, I have a friend who found out that she has HPV the same exact way that I did. She was pregnant. She went in for her pap smear. They said, oh, there's like dysplasia. It looks a little funny let's go take a peek. They took a peek after she had her baby and it was indeed precancerous or full-blown cancer, really cervical cancer. And now she's at the verge of maybe needing a hysterectomy. She only has two kids and she's not even 30. So it can be super, super concerning. How else would you know if you don't get a pap smear or if you don't get checked out? Is there any other way to know? You really don't know unless you go to your doctor and get your yearly checkups. Truly, like it can just lay inside you and fester inside you or something like you have any smell or warts or you know I haven't ever had a pap smear so now it makes me want to go yeah I've got to be honest I don't know how men are checked and that's a little concerning but I I think it's a blood test I'm hoping there's a blood test for you guys and I wish I had done the research prior to this but any of you guys listening if you know how men are checked then please do let us know yeah it's either that or they put the q-tip up the you know The tushy? No, the front part, which is horrible. Oh, that would really hurt a penis. But maybe that is what they do because I know that it's not necessarily a blood test with... That was miserable, that feeling. Yeah. Miserable. I always feel so bad as a nurse, like 
putting a catheter in a man. I don't know why that's more like I feel like that's more painful for a man than for a woman. It's probably not. Well, because women are used to having things go inside them. Men aren't. Women are just stronger in general. Sorry, Doug. Well, yeah, especially down there. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. But I just wanted to, I guess, raise awareness and talk about it just because, you know, I just think that no one really talks about HPV because it really does have this negative connotation like, oh my God, you must be a hoochie mama and you must be sleeping around or you must be dirty and gross and that's why you have it. And honestly, I thought the same thing of myself when I first heard and it's just not the truth. I was really honest on Instagram. Like I've slept with five men total in my whole entire life. And I haven't slept with any men. Yeah. (laughs) But I've slept with only five men. I don't feel like that's a a huge number. And it's not. Yeah. It's surprisingly low. Well, there are other people who have only slept with one. But in any case, it doesn't matter how many people you've slept with. And I feel like I've hit that <laughs> that message home so I'll stop preaching. I just feel like don't be embarrassed or ashamed if you have it. But do follow up and get checked out. Because as common as it is, it doesn't mean that it's something that you should just ignore and be like, oh, yeah, everybody has it. It's not going to fix itself. Exactly. But it's so easily treatable if you catch it early. So just go to the doctor and get your effing pap smears. That's all I have to say. And I think that's the message with this episode, too, is preventative care and taking care of yourself. Yeah, in every way, shape and form. And don't feel guilty for taking the time out to take care of yourself. And speaking of that, Douglas, so when we came down here, my midwife was saying, you're going to be at the monthly checkup mark. So I had the checkup right before I left to come down to Florida. And now I have to have a checkup down here in Florida. So today I am literally calling doctor after doctor and I'm asking asking A, if they accept our insurance, and they do, and then B, will they see me? I'm 30 weeks. I have all my prenatal records with me just in case anything happens. You know, there's nothing concerning whatsoever happening, but my doctor just wants a follow-up while I'm here, and then I'll resume care back at home when I get home. And every single doctor office I called turned me away. What? I am not even kidding you. Can't you just show up? No. So first of all, you have to have an appointment for like an OBGYN type office. Can't just walk in. Yeah, no. (laughs) Doesn't really work like that. But like they said that they don't want to see me unless I deliver with them. And I don't know, I guess. What are you supposed to do? Exactly. I'm like, uh, by the time I got to the last one, I was like, this is crazy. I literally asked her. I'm like, so do you have any recommendation? Like, what doctor do I go see? She said, why don't you go see the Florida Public Health? I was like, the public health is not an OBGYN. Yeah, what is that? You know, like a public health nurse. So a lot of times they mostly work with things like the coronavirus and any sort of threat to the public. So they want you to go into a CDC type of environment with all the worst diseases to get checked. (laughs) Essentially, I don't even get it. So I said, why? And quite honestly, there really wasn't a good excuse. And it seems like it's almost annoying to them because they don't make a lot of money off of their doctor visit with me. And the most money they make is through the delivery. So so silly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But what if you lie? Like, what if you just say, we're thinking about moving down here and we're down here, but I want to make sure that if it comes early, then yes, I'm going to have to deliver here. Honestly, that's like what I'm thinking, though. I'm like, okay, so none of you guys want to see me, but God forbid this baby does come early and I end up in your hospital. You you turned me away and you could have seen me first. Yeah. Yeah. You should just say that you're thinking of moving just to say, listen, I got to get checked out because I'm due soon. And if we're going to be down here for a couple months, we don't know when we're going back. Just say that. Yeah, I'm not into lying. Not even white lies. It's not lying. It's just saying, well, this baby could come early. So I want to make sure that everything's okay. Like you can go to any place and say you're feeling you want to get checked. I mean, I was literally on the phone for hours today trying to find some clinic that would see me. And I did find one. It's literally 45 minutes away. I was going to (laughs) say, we're going all over the state now. Yeah. It's a walk-in clinic, but there's an OBGYN there and they literally help handle even dental cases. I don't really know what kind of a clinic this is, but I'm like, they're an OBGYN. I know for sure. Cause I, and I researched her on ZocDoc. She had good reviews. <laughs> a dentist slash gyno. No, there's dental people there as well. Oh, gotcha. But she had good reviews. It's going to be a distance, but I'm just going to have to do it. Gotta and go. because I lost Jonathan, our first baby boy in the second trimester, the doctor wants me to have an ultrasound like 
like every single checkup. And so I said, oh, well, do you have an ultrasound machine there? And they were like, no, but we could give you an order for it. So everything's looking up for me. Like they can give me an order to go to someplace with an ultrasound uh, where the technician can check the baby. So it's almost like a referral. Yeah, exactly. So it's all looking up. But I was like, holy moly, who yeah. knew that they could even turn patients away? Like, I'm just looking for a checkup. You can't turn me away. It seems illegal. What? Yeah. Why would they turn somebody down, though? Is it really all about the money for I them, mean, I, I guess? I genuinely believe so. I have all my prenatal records, 100% everything. I don't know why else they would turn me away. If someone else knows, please let us know because I'm clueless Jeez. over here. That's weird. Yeah, it's really strange. But any news for you, Doug? Oh, um, I think we mentioned this before, but my parents came and it's always great when they come because they do get a chance to watch Henley and we pushed Henley into their bedroom just for a good night's sleep. And Jane can attest to the fact that she slept really well. Oh my God, it was heaven. But the thing is, is that I only got like four hours of sleep before I picked them up from the airport. And then of course they were with me and I was (laughs) like, I didn't really want to go back to sleep to take a nap or anything. So I was so tired and I don't know, seven months pregnant mama can't hang being (laughs) tired like I need like 10 hours of sleep like every single night or I'm like so tired well with my family there's always something that happens there's always something that goes wrong oh always no matter what so we take a trip to Clearwater to go check out the area we realize that Sarasota is probably going to be the place where we're going to end up buying a place for down here so on the way home my dad just says oh March 2nd. I know that date from somewhere. He goes, I think that's when we're supposed to leave. And they said to their travel agent, we want to leave on Friday and come back home on Tuesday. So here we are Sunday, which is March 1st, right? Yep. And we get home and we have this whole day planned for Monday. I was going to have work. Then we're going to go to Disney Springs. We're going to check out the Lego place. We're going to get there early while there's still some sunlight. And as soon as we got home, which everybody's just tired and Jamie and Henley both went to sleep at like eight o'clock. So I'm checking online and it turns out that their flight leaves the next morning. Yeah. And not just the next morning, but like super early in the morning. Yes. And we weren't able to do any of the last day festivities together because their flight was that day. Yeah. It's, It's so funny because the email that they gave to Spirit, which they were flying, was wrong. The phone number wasn't right. My dad doesn't know how to check. My mom doesn't have a cell phone. So thank God my dad thought of the fact that he goes, oh, March 2nd, I know that date. And then we looked it up and sure enough, they had to leave a day early, which was really sad because they didn't get a proper goodbye with Henley. Yeah. I really enjoyed them being here and I miss them so much. And I teared up a little bit when they were leaving just because... Because you're a mama's boy. Yeah, I do miss them. And of course my mom cried, but I even think my dad cried. He started to like tear up and walked away right away, which is when I know that he's tearing up. But it was really sad because they came down and Henley just lights up their life when she's around and they haven't seen her for a while. And the fact that they didn't get a chance to like hug her and say goodbye and I love you and I miss you because she was sleeping. We were leaving super early and Henley went to bed kind of late, but it really pained my heart. Yeah, no, that is, it pained your heart, listen to you. Yeah, it really did. You sound like Romeo. It was sad. No, it is sad, but we FaceTimed that night, and we're going to be home in less than a month at this point, and the positive thing out of the whole story is that, just to clarify, we went to Tampa and St. Pete Beach area and Clearwater Beach area just to check to see if we wanted to buy a home there, and we quickly realized that it's way too busy for us. It's a very, very busy town. Great beach. Oh my God, obsessed with Clearwater and St. Pete Beach. So nice. So, so nice. The only issue is that A, it's very, very expensive to live near the water and that's what we want. And B, it's very, very busy there. Like if we were to live further out and like closer to the city, I mean, it's definitely a pretty busy city. Yeah. So we decided we are going to opt for Sarasota. We finally have locked down a location where we're going to buy. And this weekend, we're going to Sarasota. We're meeting with the real estate agent. Yep. We're looking at open houses. I'm going to be doing live tours on Instagram all the time. I kind of want all of your guys' opinions. Yes. I genuinely really appreciate your opinions when you answer the polls on my Instagram and things like that. So that's basically the update on us. Not a whole lot happening other than these Braxton Hicks are out of control. It always sounds like a band whenever you say that, like a singer, Braxton Hicks. Yeah, like I like the name Braxton, actually. It is a pretty good name. Yeah, so speaking of my parents being here, my parents will always leave at least five things. Your mom left lotion. Well, my dad left his reading glasses and 
He left two t-shirts, shorts, and pants. It's out of control how much they leave, but... I wish that they left a good pair of yoga pants or something because I like live in that. I can't wear any of these things. I can use the lotion though. So thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, I've been doing the laundry and that's all you have are yoga pants. And maxi dresses. But for those of you who love yoga pants without even having to do yoga, because <laughs> I don't know the last time I did <laughs> yoga, but I love me some yoga pants. Have you ever heard of Beta Brand? I mean, we talked about these dress pant yoga pants before on our podcast. And I swear I just have to share it again because these are genuinely so stylish and so comfortable. And Imagine yoga pants, right? Like the comfort of yoga pants, but the prestigiousness of <laughs> dress pants. So if you want to be like stylish and comfortable, but also have professional attire, you don't have to choose between one or the other because with Beta Brand, you never have to sacrifice comfort or function for style. Their dress pant yoga pants are super comfy. They're perfectly stretchy and they stay wrinkle free, which is also amazing because if you travel a lot, ugh, I hate having to iron. Yeah, you wear them all the time on the plane and you have a lot of different styles because you can actually choose from dozens of colors patterns cuts like boot cut straight leg skinny crop they even have a pair with eight yes eight pockets which is nuts yeah i don't need the eight pocket pair but i definitely love just regular yoga pants that just look good i don't want to look like a schlep when i'm going out like you know they now offer the premium denim which covers the same flexibility but also looks just like jeans yeah, so right now our listeners can get 20% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash HMCP. That's 20% off your first order at betabrand.com slash HMCP. No joke, millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. Probably because they're stretchy like yoga pants, but they look professional AF. Go to betabrand.com slash HMCP for 20% off. Another company that we have talked about a lot on Hot Marriage Cool Parents is Grove. I'm telling you, if you haven't checked out Grove and you're someone who likes non-toxic, chemical-free type ingredients and products, you've got to check out Grove Collaborative. It's the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to your front door. And my favorite thing about it is that you don't have to worry about reading the ingredients on the labels for literally products or skincare or anything because they already do all that work for you. They do not share or sell anything on their site that has any sort of toxic chemical or harsh chemicals in it. And if you look under our sink right now, we have all of their cleaning products. And I know you like the Burt's Bees that comes with it. So yeah, they offer Burt's Bees. They offer Mrs. Myers. They offer their own brand, the Grove brand. They're all just genuinely really good products. Plus their detergents smell absolutely amazing. And they have different scents like citrus, woods, lavender, rosemary, or even yeah. a free and clear for those who like unscented. When we have the baby, I definitely want to go with the unscented laundry just because it's better for sensitive skin. So they have found a way to help you reduce your dependence on single-use plastics. So the laundry starter set, you'll get an ultra-concentrated detergent, reusable glass detergent dispenser, and a stain remover spray. That's a $30 value, and it's absolutely free. And with fast and free shipping on your first order, going sustainable has never been so easy. Yeah, so there's literally over 2 million households who've already shopped at Grove for their healthy, sustainable home essentials. So if you want to make your laundry more sustainable this year, you gotta go there now for a limited time. Our listeners, if you guys go to grove.co slash HMCP, you'll get a free three-piece set from Grove so you can start reducing your plastic waste. Plus, you'll get free shipping and a free 60-day VIP trial. Go to grove.co slash HMCP to get this exclusive sustainable swaps offer grove.co slash HMCP. Yeah, I genuinely love Grove, obviously. <laughs> so speaking of my parents coming to pay a visit, something that my dad loves and lives on. My dad brings hemp fusion CBD wherever he goes. Genuinely, my father-in-law has to take pain medicine if he doesn't take the CBD oil. Just know that not all CBD is created equal. CBD works best for your body when combined with other nutrients. And I'm sure everybody has heard of CBD. While hemp fusion adds other natural ingredients, it has omegas, it has terrapins to create products that help specifically with stress, sleep, and energy. 
Our bodies already make cannabinoids and plant-based CBD helps naturally balance our bodies out. Yeah, so everything hemp fusion does adds up to a better product and that adds up to a better day literally for everybody. <laughs> you, me, everybody in the room, hemp fusion, it all adds up and they're available online and at a natural products retailer near you and they're also shipped anywhere in the US. So you can actually go and use our promo code HMCP for 20% off your first order and free shipping at hempfusion.com. That's promo code HMCP. Yeah, you can get Hemp Fusion shipped anywhere in the U.S. And a quick note, if you're pregnant and or nursing, women should not use CBD products, so don't worry. But I, honestly, I can't wait until I'm done being pregnant because I do have issues with sleep, with energy, with stress. And my father-in-law swears, absolutely swears by using CBD products. So I yes. can't wait to try this out. Until then, Doug gets to enjoy it. Yay. <laughs> Well, I think it's about time that we should bring Tara LaRock on. And this was definitely an interview that I'm going to remember for a while. I learned a lot. It was very inspiring. I've learned more about postpartum depression than I ever have. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it myself. So today we have Tara LaRock, mama of two, CEO, psychologist, wife, and the founder of the app Mindful Mamas is our guest today on Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. So Tara launched her app to provide a space for women combating postpartum depression through practicing the art of mindfulness. Her goal is for mamas to navigate through tough emotions, strengthen relationships, and grow happier with peace, all while figuring out motherhood. She suffered from postpartum depression shortly after giving birth to her daughter and became to realize with time that she is not alone in this feeling, which we're very, very excited to speak about. So Tara, welcome to Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. Well, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Yes. And Jamie and I were both very, very excited to have you on. We do have some questions for you because I, I know that you do speak openly about how you suffered from postpartum depression and you created an app to help mamas that are going through this. And I was just wondering how you got this idea, what made you take the leap to create it and kind of quit your job and start your own business. And I mean, it's an adventure ahead. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, when I think back to this journey, I really believe that everybody has that one big idea. And if it keeps pulling at you and you don't say yes to it, I think it gets transferred to somebody else. And Mindful Mamas was just something that I couldn't shake the idea for. And I didn't want anybody else to take it from me. I just thought it was my purpose and my calling. And so I'm so excited to bring it to market. You know, as a psychologist, I was clinically trained to help people that had anxiety and depression and were dealing with really significant crises in their life and a lot of stress. And so for me to then suffer from a mental health issue, it was really hard. There was a lot of guilt in that because sure. I thought if I had gone to school for nine years to develop the tools and the techniques and the coping mechanisms to be able to help people get through the whole variety of emotions that is life, and right. I couldn't even get through it myself, I felt like a fraud, which I know, I know now was just my inner critic and that shame spiral kicking in and my fear around postpartum depression but during the time I really felt like I was kind of fooling everybody around me <laughs> being in the mental health world and then being completely blindsided by my own experience sure yeah and I mean it's almost like you may not be able to recognize it in yourself when you're focused on so many other people's emotions as a psychologist had you treated women with postpartum depression yeah, so my background's in child, family, and school psychology. So I really pivoted to moms. I loved working with the kids and the whole family unit, but it was really when I started digging into the stats around maternal mental health and just how, especially in the United States, just how poorly, you know, in my opinion, we were letting women just fall through the cracks. I mean, it's a very alarming statistic that most women that die by suicide actually die by suicide when they're 9 to 12 months postpartum, yet we're typically only screening for anxiety and depression at six weeks. So we're really missing a big population of mothers who could use extra support. For sure. And it is scary because just doing some research and reading on it, it sounds like it doesn't necessarily come on right away. Is there any ways that you sort of picked up on it or 
could tell that this was happening? Yeah, I think that was one of the misconceptions I had too, is like, well, it didn't happen right away. So, you know, women ask me, is it postpartum if it onsets when my baby's six months? And it's considered a postpartum mental health issue if it onsets within the first year of your baby's life. So that's when it's linked to the postpartum period. So for me, it was really like I was in mommy bliss when I had my daughter. I loved her so much and I had wanted to be a mom my whole life. And there were definitely some signs that I was leaning on the anxious side. I mean, I think I had those like scary thoughts about dropping her down the stairs or or accidentally hurting her, which, you know, studying that is really normal. It's your chemistry and your biology and like that primal way of being in us that we have those scary thoughts. So we're extra hyper vigilant in in taking care of our baby. You think about falling down the stairs, you're going to be extra careful going down the stairs. But for me, what happened was I would have those thoughts and they would trigger something physical in my body. So I would get heart palpitations, my heart would race really quickly, I would get kind of clammy hands, I'd start to panic a little. And when you are telling your brain like, oh, don't have those thoughts, don't have those thoughts, you can't have those thoughts. Right. Your brain is like, oh, there's something there I should be paying attention to. Like, your heart's racing. You're telling me, like, I shouldn't be thinking these things. Like, I'm going to think these things. It, like, (laughs) revs up the other way that you wanted it to. Right. So, for me, it really didn't onset to where it was affecting every facet of my life until I went back to work. And I think it was really hard for me to separate out the trauma that I was dealing with in being a new anxious mom and then also dealing with some really significant issues through my work with the families that I served. For sure. And it is scary to think about that when I feel like society is kind of making a turn where going and seeking mental care and even just speaking about antidepressants and medication, it's almost taboo and it has such a negative connotation. And that's where I really feel like the Mindful Mamas app is really going to just create awareness. And I'm sure that you've seen it too, where there's a lot of people out there, my mother being one of them, that have had postpartum depression and not nowhere to really go. And I didn't find out this until later. And when it was really tough on my father too, because he didn't know how to handle it or manage it. And my mom just said, she goes, I couldn't really look at you. I didn't think you were my baby. I didn't want anything to do with you. Every action that you had just annoyed me. And you know, I was just this little baby. And it wasn't until later where she just sort of realized that, oh, this postpartum depression, it's a thing. It's not just being depressed. There's a trigger to this. And it sounds like that's the awareness that you're creating too. Yeah, I mean, just thank you. Thank you, first of all, for sharing that with me. I think it just goes to show that, you know, mental health can show up in so many different ways and there isn't a face to it. I mean, nobody's immune to it. It can present itself in these really unique ways and I think it's really hard for new moms because you especially like the first time you have a baby or it's your second baby each time you have a new baby it's a new experience you're dealing with a new child you're getting to know new personalities and your hormones can be different and it's so interesting I think for our society to not talk about how before you have a child you're really good at adulting you typically maybe have like a career you've been married You can navigate friendships and relationships with other people, conflict resolution, you pay your bills, and then all of a sudden you become a mom and a dad, and it's like, holy, (laughs) holy moly, like the learning curve is so steep. And there's a high cost to it because you're taking care of another human being. That newness feels overwhelming and it can really trigger some insecurities and doubts and shame. And, you know, with Mindful Mamas, for me, I just felt like I wasn't talking to other people about what I was experiencing and I couldn't keep living my life that way. It was like I was holding this part of me and this part of my motherhood so secretive and behind closed doors. And there just came a point where I was like, I have to let this out. I have to let somebody else hold this for me. I can't hold this alone. 
And it was really then when I started seeing women from all over the world, I wrote an open letter to moms experiencing postpartum depression. And in my inbox after Huffington Post picked it up and republished it from my personal blog, I was blown away. There were grandmas and husbands and best friends and moms saying, oh my gosh, this is me or this is my wife. What do I do? And at that time, I wasn't really equipped to guide anybody towards any resources. I was pretty much in the thick of it too, but that's really where my Mindful Mamas came from was mindfulness and meditation, whether your motherhood experience comes with a mental health diagnosis or not. Mindfulness was something that I had used as a therapeutic approach with the kids that I served, but it wasn't until I adopted it for myself that I really saw how powerful it was and how it just unlocked this piece of me that I felt like I was yearning for. And that was to feel joy and gratitude and groundedness and not be so reactionary in motherhood, but to respond to my situation with the values that I always thought that I had and were instilled in me from the time I was little. So yeah, yeah, mindfulness is one of those things where the research shows that it really can help with anxiety and depression, but Mindful Mamas is not just for women who have experienced postpartum depression. It's for all mamas because we deserve to be the best, most supported, most just whole version of ourselves. And mindfulness was really that thing for me that helped me climb out of the darkness. And I became really obsessed with teaching it. So I'm so excited that it's going to be here. Wow. You know, one of the quotes from an article that I was reading, you had said, I had unwanted, disgusting, intrusive, and frequent thoughts about hurting myself or my baby and it scared me half to death and even with the explanation that you just gave I just have to say it's extremely brave of you and I'm sure it was super hard just to get past that point of even just admitting it but I mean there's a lot of new mothers that feel this way and even if they can't kind of admit it out loud because they're ashamed or they feel abnormal what allowed you to get to this place where you felt open and at peace with admitting this and just maybe if there are any mamas that are listening what was it that helped you speak and approach it this way I mean I felt like for me there were two options either I continued to suffer alone and watch my marriage just the conflict it created in my marriage I mean my husband suffered from compassion fatigue which if you're not familiar with that it's when somebody kind of runs out of empathy it's like they give and they give and they give and they're not getting anything back and then there comes a point where they're just like I can't keep giving to you I mean he was taking care of a newborn during the day while I was at work and then when I would come home then he'd be helping take care of the newborn and me because I was just really really struggling I was a very angry person during that time which is so not like me when I feel anger usually I cry that's like something that I default to is more sadness and so to feel that extreme rage where I would yell or I would be really reactionary or you know I would throw things on the ground because I get so frustrated like that was not somebody that he married nor did he have any idea on how to help me and you know we've thankfully gotten through it and we're so much stronger and we went to marriage counseling before we had our second to kind of come up with a crisis plan but for me like I felt like either my life was going to stay the same or get worse or I needed to do something and so in the moment it didn't feel brave it felt like survival it was just like okay here it is and I remember having that conversation with my husband I said I have to tell you something I mean I was certain that they were going to take my baby away I was really certain that my husband was going to take my baby away or he was going to call somebody and then they were going to come get our baby and that was just the fear talking and I know that unfortunately women have had experiences where they reach out for help and it's just they're not given the help that they deserve or they need but for me I just felt like okay this is it I have to do something different because what I'm doing right now isn't working. Yeah and from your husband's point of view did he try to have conversations with you about this for him was it at the point where he was thinking about just this isn't working? Yeah, I mean, I think 
think he felt so sad for me. Like he could see I was really struggling, but he didn't know what to say or how to help. He was kind of just in also survival mode too. I mean, we had a colicky baby and we were both working full time and taking care of our daughter. So we didn't have any help from friends or family during the first like eight months of my daughter's life. We just kind of made it work between the two of our schedules. And so I think that there were moments where he would catch glimpses of my light and I would laugh and he'd be like, gosh, there you are. (laughs) There you are. I love this about you. How can I help? And like I said, I mean, having intrusive thoughts so when I'd say I had postpartum depression really my diagnosis was postpartum OCD and so with OCD come these looping thoughts that you kind of can't get out of your head and it's not something that can be seen and so to the world you know at work I would put a smile on my face and and nobody really knew what I was going through and I think that's what's so hard about mental health is when you break your leg people can see you broke your leg right. and there's so much empathy for that but when something in your brain is broken people can't see that and you can't always use the cognitive skills that you might need to be able to take those steps to help fix your brain it's so true it really is and you you know, there's something similar and, and we had gone through a couple losses and a miscarriage and one that was with our son Jonathan at 19 weeks and you get into your own bubble and you know that nobody knows what's happening inside you but you also don't want to you know just lay all of your dirty laundry out there and you almost put yourself in a shell and by not speaking about it it keeps you isolated from everyone friends family if they don't know what you're going through and I think any platform like the one that you have where you're encouraging speaking out, you're encouraging self-help, self-compassion, coping skills. I think it is paramount for early intervention with any disorder or any psychological trauma that you should have. And I'm really impressed and I feel like it was a really brave step on your part, even though you may not think it was brave at the time. It was, it might've felt rock bottom, but yeah, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for being vulnerable. I mean, one thing that I like to give advice or or just like a little nugget to pass along is when I had this aha moment and it must have been, I think this summer. So about, you know, eight or nine months ago when I said yes to Mindful Mamas and basically drained my entire savings account to largely bootstrap this and bring this to market. But I wrote down the word vulnerable and we hear people like Brene Brown and Oprah talk about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. But when I wrote down the word vulnerable in vulnerability, I saw that the word able was in it or ability was in it. And I had this aha moment like, oh my gosh, when you're vulnerable, you give somebody else the ability to hold it for you, to care for you, to experience it with you so you're not so alone. Wow. And if you're not vulnerable, you're not allowing other people to help you. And so for me, one thing that I did, because sometimes, like I said, it's really hard to reach out when you're in the thick of it, is I took one person out on my phone list who I know would never judge me for my bad days, would never just shame me in, sure. in any of my experiences that I could just call and they would listen I changed their name from their name to the word vulnerable and so in my phone when I was scrolling through like my contacts or about to text somebody I would see that word vulnerable and it would remind me that I can't get help unless I talk about what I'm going through and that was a huge shift for me really making sense of what I did without really understanding it for sure while I was doing it Yeah. And that goes to show that writing things down should be a key to everything. Everybody's so into their texting. And, you know, if you didn't have it written down, you may not have made that connection. And I think it's so true. And you have people that do care for you. And I know for me, friends and family has always been just my strength whenever something like this were to happen. And I know that they would get upset at me if I ever changed their name to vulnerable. But um, (laughs) I totally get that. Just to kind of switch topics and on a lighter note, I know that you have two children of your own. I wanted to ask, were the two pregnancies different and what were some of the crisis management preparations that you and your husband took leading into the second child? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's such a good question. I get asked all the time, like, weren't you scared? Weren't you scared you were going to have postpartum OCD again? And of course there was that fear there, but I really decided that fear was not going to drive 
the boat in my life. Like I knew that I wanted more than one child and I had to trust my healing. So, you know, for a long time, my husband and I didn't talk about having another kid. We couldn't fathom having another kid. We were just kind of surviving with the one that we had. And unfortunately, like I don't remember a lot of my daughter's first year of life because I was so in the depths of my own struggles. And so when we decided to have my son, when we started to try for baby number two, we had a lot of conversations about trusting our healing as a couple, as individuals, and putting some supports in place. So if things did go down that path again, we were really prepared for it. So like I said, we went to marriage counseling beforehand and we created this crisis plan. And everybody's crisis plan is going to look different. But one thing that was really helpful for me is we made a list of all the symptoms or the ways that my depression came out. For sure. And you didn't have to hide it again. It's so important to be self-aware and have kind of a, a baseline of being able just to recognize when something's off, but also to know that you're healing. There is light at the end of this so-called tunnel. It's not giving up on yourself. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's like even waiting for the end of the tunnel. It's like for me, why I'm so obsessed with mindfulness is that it helped me see the beauty in everyday life to make extraordinary moments with my family and with my children so pure and so beautiful and really soak them in and be present with them and it was those little micro moments where I was taking care of myself and getting little sips of self-care in throughout my day that helped me be like the best mom and wife that I possibly could be and so I think it's all about those little things that you do to experience joy and to experience the magic that is your life that can help you cope during those moments where things are stressful. I mean, we all have stress in our lives and mindfulness for me is just this pathway to really learning how to be grateful and to live a life full of gratitude. I love that. I absolutely love that. And if there's one thing that I learned from having a a two-year-old daughter is that there could be an extraordinary moment at any time. Kids almost take your mind off of a lot of stress and struggle, even if they're the ones that may be causing some of it. Um, (laughs) We saw an article on preparing your oldest son for a baby to come and with our daughter now too, and being able to have conversations, any advice or could you tell us a little bit about the process that you prepared your oldest child for a baby? Yeah, I mean... I think back to the time when I was pregnant with my son and my daughter and I just spent so many beautiful moments together. Like we'd nap every day together because I was so, so tired and we would talk about the baby and, you know, we would practice with her little doll taking care of the baby and she was always just really nurturing. She has a very nurturing spirit to begin with, but that's not to say that her world got rocked when we brought (laughs) baby home. So we actually... And this was just a personal choice, but we decided to have my son at a birthing center with midwives, and I had a doula, which was very different than with my daughter. I had my daughter. We were induced at 40 weeks and had her in the hospital, and I didn't have a doula. And so for me, I wanted to try a different experience, so I had an unmedicated birth with my son, and we were actually able to go home four hours after we had my son. It was crazy. And they came to us, which which was great but they really believed like you rest the best when you're at home and so my daughter got to meet my son when he was four hours old and I have a video and it's so cute but she just her face lit up and she's like oh my gosh that's baby and then we put him in her arms and she just started bawling I think she was feeling so many emotions oh crap my life is about to change (laughs) like I think she realized she wasn't going to be the center of the world anymore right and that was hard but one thing that I love to tell parents new parents to do is I made a little like nursing box for her so it was this just like a box of stickers and just some of her favorite toys and some surprises and we would only take out that box when I was nursing because you know When a baby's new, whether you're bottle feeding or or nursing, they're eating all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that was really special for her to like, she'd get out her little box and then she could occupy herself and it was just something special and sacred for her. And then we made 
sure to do like mommy daughter or daddy daughter dates. So once a week, you know, we would take turns taking her somewhere, whether it's to go get bagels in the morning, just so she didn't feel like it was all about baby and and, and not about her. That was super helpful. But Mm -hmm. you're going to find your way. You will. I got teary eyed just when you were telling the story about putting the, the baby in her arms. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was unreal. I think I look at her and having my son, I think, was so healing for, for us as a family. Like, I got to do motherhood in the way that I had always thought that I would get to. Yeah. Now you're going to make me kind of tear <laughs> up. But I felt like with Winter, my daughter, I mean, we have such a special bond because I fought. I fought so hard to be her mom, to stay on this earth. And then with Lennon, it was just really healing I just felt like my daughter and I's bond got even stronger through my son so you'll see like you don't think your heart can hold more (laughs) and then you meet that second baby and then you watch your oldest like take on that role of sibling of being like that protector that older sibling in the house and your heart just it explodes so so get ready there's (laughs) gonna be more tears I say that tears for you on the way yeah I say that all the time it's like how can I possibly love another child just as much I mean and I know it's a silly thought but it's like I I love my daughter like so incredibly like she's the first thing I think of and when I wake up and so excited to see her and it's like I want to make sure that she still feels that day in and day out you know everything that you're doing your legacy behind the mindfulness app winter is going to look back on that and i know she's going to be so incredibly proud of hearing the story that you went through and while she was a child and just being able to see you come out of it it, it's such a good lesson for children and being a role model like you i I think it's just incredible thank you and i'm very excited for you with the mindfulness app can you give us a little overview of what to expect from the app and it is going to be launching soon right yeah yeah so right now we're doing pre-sales which is really exciting so you can actually snag up an annual subscription for half off on our website which is really really awesome and it goes live so it'll be ready to download on march 19th for both apple and android and i think what makes us so different is that we really aren't a one-size-fits-all like a maternal wellness company it's just teaching you how to bring meditation and mindfulness into your everyday life so we call them mini pauses and they're one to three minute exercises that you can do whether your kid is throwing a level 10 tantrum in the middle of target or (laughs) you are about to walk into a meeting that you're nervous about like there's tools and resources and we really wanted to come at it in such an educational way to give women back their power and to teach them about why we are the way that we are as human beings so exciting yeah and i'm excited for you and just based on this conversation i really genuinely feel that you were meant for this app I mean, everything that you've gone through, the story, I think, just will connect with so many people. Just real quick before we go, where can people find you, find the app, social media? Sure. Yeah. So our app landing page is www.mindfulmamas, and that's M-A-M-A-S app app.com so mindfulmamasapp.com and then on social media we're mindful mamas club that's where you can find us great well i thank you so much for coming on and i am looking forward to seeing the success of your app and we'll definitely be sharing this with our audience and our friends and i know that we have a lot of moms out there that are listening so i really think that this app without taking it to extreme this will save lives and this will teach children and coping. And like you said, even with your daughter, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others. And children are always watching and bringing the best self that you have and making sure that you're presenting your best self. I really feel like this app is going to connect with a lot of moms out there. Thank you for having me. I love speaking with passionate people about what they do. I'm going to go snuggle with Jamie because she is sleeping right now. I'm going to take Henley out of the bed because I know she's cuddling with Henley. I'm going to take Henley out of the bed and I'm going to spoon my wife and give her all of the loving and she'll probably not remember any of it because she'll be sleeping. But stay tuned for next week and we love you and goodbye. Goodbye.